0: Good morning and welcome to this Sunday morning broadcast of Marvin Methodist Church in downtown Tyler, Texas. My name is Doug Baker and I'm the lead pastor. Today we continue a sermon series entitled In Pursuit of God and the Non-Anxious Life. I hope this series will bless you as you discover the ways that God desires to give you peace and spiritual resilience. Let's join in as the sermon is underway. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you've received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So good to have you here today. Good congregation, good crowd. Beautiful day to to be together and worship and then enjoy this afternoon. And I'm sure there will be some little football watching going on this afternoon as well. I invite you to pray with me. Lord God, as we now come to this time when Your Word is proclaimed, I ask that You would now hide me behind the cross, and I ask that Your Holy Spirit would be very active not only to speak into our hearts and minds and to open our hearts to be attentive to Your voice, but, Lord, to put into action those things we hear today. So, Lord, speak through me and use me as Your vessel, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book, The Body Keeps Score, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk states, no matter where you go, no matter how successful you are, no matter how much money you have or how beautiful your family is or how many walls you put between yourself and any threats, your body is always keeping score. Your body knows how well you are, regardless of how you try to numb it. Or try to hide it. Makeup can hide scars, but scars will still remain. And bandages can cover wounds, but wounds will still exist. You can wear a mask and you can feel remorse and sorrow. You can even create distance from others. You can pretend that things are different than they really are, but your body is always keeping score. Your body knows if you're overextended financially, and your body knows if you have no margin in your calendar. Your body knows if you're feeling isolated and alone. Your body knows if you're grieving a disappointment emotionally. Your body knows if your thoughts have become negative, and your body knows if you have difficulty sleeping at night. Your body knows if you're using food or alcohol, to be an emotional way of dealing with things, and your body knows if you're having difficulty forgiving someone. The body is always keeping score. And so, though I focused on the deductions, if you will, might I also add, your body knew the day you became a Christian your body rejoiced when you were enlightened by the light of Christ and the Holy Spirit came and took us permanent residence in your heart. Your body knows when you take time in the busyness of your day to read God's Word and to commune with God and to, to listen for His Word as you read the Scriptures. Your body knows when you've had a spiritual conversation with someone in which you've totally lost track of time and find that it's been maybe two hours, but it feels like you've been in really sacred space. Your body knows when you come to worship and you get a little glimpse of heaven and the glory that awaits those who put their hope in Jesus Christ. And yesterday, as 115 leaders of this church gathered on a Saturday morning, it was cold and cloudy we felt like we were in sacred space doing eternal work and we were seeing the synergy of a, of a mission that is well uh, articulated and, and we were rallying behind and coordinating our work with. And friends, this was the body of Christ doing its work together and our bodies felt it. I felt it. I came back energized from yesterday's leadership retreat and I know many others have felt the same. Our bodies do keep score, don't they? They keep keep score with the heartaches and the losses, but it also can take the positive energy that we find in the body of Christ when we're doing the work of God or sharing the gospel with a friend or being a part of a great work of the body of Christ. God, through the ministry of Jesus Christ, came from up there to down here to right here to each of us into our hearts, because that is what the Scripture says to us this morning. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's take note that the human body is given a great compliment here. In fact, for the Greek mind, this would have been extraordinary. It would have been kind of a wow moment for them, because Greek-thinking Gentiles, to whom this letter was written, had a negative understanding of the human body. There was a proverbial saying in the first century by Greek philosopher Epictetus, which stated that the body is a tomb. I am a poor soul that's shackled to a corpse. Many Greeks believed that the soul was good, but that the body was bad and evil. That the soul of a person is what really mattered. It wouldn't be cultivated through information gathering and a changing of the soul somehow in Greek thinking but they also believed that the body, well, it was doomed to die one day. And so what you did in it maybe didn't really matter at all. And that's where the heresy of Gnosticism, if you studied the New Testament church, began to evolve. It had to be corrected. Many of our creeds correcting it. Because there was this belief that the soul mattered and you could learn all you could and make your, get your way to wherever you were trying to go, but that what you did in your body didn't matter, and that's how immorality could go rampant. And that's what Paul is addressing here, immorality, if you want to just be honest. If you look at the context of the Scripture passage, which many of us are familiar with, and you go back to verse 12, Paul says, "'I have the right to do whatever I want in my body, but not everything is beneficial.'" but I will not be mastered by anything." A good reminder from the anthem that we've just heard, that Jesus paid it all. He paid a redemptive price to redeem you from a life of sin. You do not need to be, and you should not be, bound or to any addiction, whereas you are doing especially anything immoral because Jesus has bought you. He's paid the price with His own blood to forgive you from that, and you are set free. And that freedom that Paul addresses here is a freedom that doesn't allow us to go back and do things just because the culture maybe says they're appropriate. And that is exactly what he was telling the Corinthian church. The people of Corinth were still visiting Aphrodite's temple, the Olympian goddess of love, beauty, pleasure, procreation. You know where this is heading. Paul will declare, you, do not, you cannot participate in the practices of going to the temple and performing acts with other people that are reserved for you and your spouse. You become one flesh with those that you engage in, and your body is not your own. It belongs to the Holy Spirit and to the covenant of the marriage partner that you have, so do not use your body for immoral things. That is the message of this passage. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, even though we may have difficulty relating to going to Aphrodite's temple and those things like that, let me just say, we all have our cultural challenges. We all have things that get, trip us up, and there are all times when we can say, you know what? I just don't want to think about being, uh, my body being the temple of the Holy Spirit right now. And I'm just going to be vulnerable with you and share something that that I have learned recently. And the acronym is HALT, H-A-L-T, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You all with me on this? That a lot of times when we do things, when we finally say, I don't care what this does to my body, I am angry, or I am lonely, or I am tired, and I just need something to make me feel a little bit better, make me feel a little bit more comfortable. And that's where we can get into trouble. On Wednesday night of this week, I had a full day of ministry. I taught a class on, in the life-to-life Life class with Gina, and then after that, we had an educational meeting that went really long. And let me just be honest, there was one part in there, some information that was shared that I got a little bit angry about. And when I got home, I had to talk about it with Gina. But then I found myself standing in front of the pantry at 9.30 at night, just looking at all the food in there. But last week, I talked about what? Mindfulness. I talked about thinking about what you're thinking about. And I found myself asking myself a question, Doug, are you really hungry right now? because I wasn't hungry. I was just trying to do a reactive thing that my body has learned to do, deal with using food to deal with an emotion, right? Maybe because I was tired and I was a little angry. But food does not solve either of those things, friends. But in those moments when we are susceptible, we say to our bodies, oh, I'm just checking out from the body for a moment, and I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to watch this thing. I'm going to engage in this. And that's something we need to be more mindful of. Listening to the truth of this morning, I want to elevate for you the Hebrew understanding of the human body. And that's why Brandy has read for us this morning Psalm 139 because I believe the Hebrew people and our Scriptures that we have speak differently of the human body than the Greeks or even we in American culture can at times think of. God created us and knit us together in our mother's wombs. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are not hidden from God before our birth, and God saw us when we are woven together, and His days for us were ordained for us, even before we breathed our first breath. So as a Christian, we are called to have a high regard for our bodies, to take good care of our bodies. Friends, it is the only body that you get there are no body transfusions. There are no b- places where you can get a different body and trade it in. Well, we think that. One commentator said, I read this week, so beautifully, God the Father created our bodies. God the Son has redeemed our bodies from sin, and God the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. So beautiful. Beautiful so simple, so profound. Let that be our takeaway today, that we are made wonderfully and and beautifully in the creation of God, and that God's Son has redeemed us from our our waywardness and our loss and, and our sin, and God the Holy Spirit now dwells within us to move us along in sanctification to being more like Jesus Christ. So today... Let's acknowledge that our bodies, yes, wear out. Paul's will say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that our bodies are like an earthly tent. They eventually are wearing out. They are temporary, but that's no excuse for premature demise. Psalm 139 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'd like to go through a little impromptu liturgy with you this morning. I'm going to make a statement about your body, our bodies, And I am going to ask you to respond with, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We're gonna participate in this together. Your nose has the capacity of remembering 50,000 different smells. Wow, and you know what? Thank you very much. I'm gonna raise my hand and we're gonna say it together because I want to make a little commentary, but y'all are good. Y'all are on the liturgical camp here. I get it, You're, you're right with me. Thank you for paying attention. Our taste buds are replaced every 10 days. But the amazing thing is, I don't like fish, and then like 10 days from now, it's not like I'm gonna start liking fish, and then maybe 10 days later, I won't like fish again. There's a consistency that even though the taste buds are replaced, we have this consistency of likes and dislikes in our lives. Isn't that amazing? Yep. (laughs) I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The human eye can distinguish 10 million different colors. Now, I thought the Crayola six-pack of 64 was a lot of colors. I've never seen a 10 million color Crayola pack. But amazing that our eyes can distinguish the slight differences in color And isn't that beautiful that God has made us that way? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The human brain creates enough energy to power a light bulb. Sometimes we'd say that's, my light bulb is burning bright, and other days a little more dimly. But I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you take a step, you are using 200 muscles of your body. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God created us with this wonderful masterpiece. Your body is a masterpiece. We could go into all kinds of different things about how much blood moves through your body throughout your lifetime, how many times your heart beats, but we've done that before. Your DNA, if we stretched out your DNA from end to end, it would be 10 billion miles. And that's all inside your body. And it calculates a lot of your genetics and your traits and your family. I am fearfully and wonderfully made." And God loves you. For God so loved the world, you, that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus Christ came in the flesh, in human body, God's gift to the world. And in John 1.14, the Word became flesh, took on a human body, and made His dwelling among us. And as we read through the Scriptures and as we tell the gospel story, He not only visited this earth and He not only taught us about God and the teachings of God and the wisdom of God, but at the appropriate time, He took that body of His and it became bruised for our transgressions. And it became pierced for our iniquities. I switched those around. Sorry about those for Isaiah fans. But you know what? In human body, Jesus suffered. In human body, Jesus felt loneliness in the Garden of Gethsemane. In human body, Jesus was deserted by His friends. In human body, He knew hunger as He fasted and as He prayed. And what does that mean for us? God understands the complexity of the human body. God has been in our flesh, has walked this in our shoes, and we now belong to Him if we pledge our allegiance to Him. It is with our human body it is with our voices that we, as it says in Romans ten nine, declare with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And because of what we do in our body and say through our lips, we are finding salvation in Christ. That is God redeeming us so that we will not be separated in eternity from our loving Heavenly Father. And as the final gift, He gives us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of what is to come, as a way to continue to sanctify us and prepare us for the day when we will stand before Him in glory, because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. You are not your own. You belong to God. And the Spirit is the testimony of that. John 14, Jesus says, if you love me and obey my teaching, I will give you the Holy Spirit and he will make his home in you. So if we took a 30,000 foot view of the Bible, we would say this, the God who began his revelation in Old Testament first dwelt in the tent of meeting and then in the wilderness and then he was in a tabernacle and then he was in the holy of holies of the great temple of Solomon and then he templed among us in the body and form of Jesus Christ and then as Jesus ascended back to be in heaven, he took his residence up in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are the body of the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna take a quick inventory, friends. We're gonna get a little bit... uh, Um, We're going to step on a little toes here, including my own. I'm going to start asking you some questions about how you're taking care of the body of Christ, you're, how you're taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you getting some sort of exercise and every and movement every day? Because Dr. Peter Atia, longevity expert and author, describes exercise as the single most important longevity prescription in the world. Neurological studies showing that if you will exercise, your brain will change and make new pathways. It will help with attention and depression, and of course, what the sermon series is about anxiety. Michael Easter, in his book, The Comfort Crisis, says something happened in America in 1850 when the Industrial Revolution began, because until that time, people lived, worked outside, and they had farms, and they were using their muscles, and they were plowing their fields, and they were using their arms, and they were digging, and they were doing all kinds of work. But since 1850, and now in today's America, only 13.7% of jobs require the work of farming, And over the last 10 years, hear this, after the last 10 years, the average American has added another hour to sitting daily. We now sit on average as adults six and a half hours a day. Friends, And that in the last 10 years has been increased from five and a half hours. Are you exercising, walking, doing something every day, resistance training with with bands or with uh, different uh, uh, nautilus machines or free weights. Are you getting adequate sleep every night? Dr. Matthew Walker states, author, professor, sleep researcher, that the loss of sleep or poor sleep is linked to anxiety and anxiety-related issues. The less sleep you get, the more anxious you will feel. The Mayo Clinic states that the average American or average person needs to have seven to nine hours of sleep at night, but Gallup research shows that only 59% of Americans are getting the sleep required, only 59% getting seven hours or more of sleep, and 56% of Americans who took the survey said, I am not getting enough sleep at all. And research is showing as you get less sleep, you will die sooner. How are we doing in the area of nutrition? Well, friends, are you counting calories or proteins or carbohydrates and fats? Are you overdoing it in the area of caffeine and sugary snacks? Does anyone else walk into a convenience store and appalled by the number of energy drinks there are to choose from now, as well as the number of sugary snacks that are grabbed, ready to be grabbed and available as we just grab those, we're throwing sugarless, sugarful, hollow calories into our bodies, and our bodies are not happy with that? Are we seeing our doctors, our dentists, our dermatologists regularly? I studied from the World Health Organization this week that 2.5 doctors, nurses, or midwives per every 1,000 people is what is needed to sustain a community's health. I did the math here in Tyler, taking our population, doing the formulas and dividing it up and discovered that we should have about 690, 629 medical professionals in Tyler for us to be a healthy community. I think we far exceed that. I think we far exceed that. And more are coming with the medical school. They're starting here July 1st. So friends, let me just say, we are in a medically rich community. There is no reason to not get an annual checkup. There is no reason to not go to the emergency room or, uh, if you are having a problem. There is no reason not to go get your skin checked by the dermatologist. But there are many in this world, like in Tanzania, where that percentage is not 2.5, it is 05 Doctors per 1,000, that's Tanzania, and there are other countries in that do not have the medical coverage that we take for so, so much for granted. Yesterday, let me just say this. You can't choose your family, right? They say that. You can't choose your family, and you can't select your body, right? But you can choose how you care for the body that you have been given. I know we all have different genetic differences and some other have different tendencies and and I can't, there's no way to get around that. But you can choose whether or not you will exercise your body. You can choose whether or not you will have good nutritional habits. You can choose whether or not you will go to bed earlier and get more adequate sleep for yourself. Only you can make that decision. The question is, how will we honor God with our bodies? Closing and tying this together, let me just state one more thing. We use our bodies to be the vessels and the ambassadors for Jesus Christ. When you're feeling better and you have more energy and your mind is clear, you have a better witness for Jesus Christ. You're a better homemaker. You have a better marriage. We have a better church. You have better pastors. All that's to say is we must listen to our bodies. And if we're going to get serious about a non-anxious life, we have to pay attention to taking care of our bodies. And at the leadership retreat yesterday, we talked about our mission is to grow disciples to share the love and hope of Christ. We, be, we continue to talk about that it's not just about making a product like or a, you know, a commodity like a disciple. It's really about creating an experience for people that when they come on this campus... They feel the love of Jesus Christ as they're greeted in the in the parking lot, and as they enter into our church, and as they come into worship, we most importantly want them to encounter God through music and through the proclaimed word, and we want them to meet Jesus in this special space or in her Auditorium, and we want them to meet other believers that are in this room as well. And as the service ends, we want them to be greeted and want them to be taken down to the donuts for coffee. We want them to be invited to a Sunday school class. We want them to be invited to a serve night. Those things happen happen, how? When we use our bodies to engage the 200 muscles needed to walk across the room, to extend the hand, to say, hi, I'm Doug Baker. I just wanted to introduce myself to you. I'm glad that you're here. Can I invite you to lunch? I've heard I've got uh, new taste buds today. And I want to try them out. Let's go have some lunch or let's go downstairs and have a cup of coffee. And I want to invite you to my Sunday school class. Let's make Marvin Church the kind of place where people will feel loved and welcomed and engaged and brought into a great story where they can find Christ and be transformed along our discipleship pathway. We do church in a body, in a great body. We do disciple-making in our bodies with the body. And friends, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's take care of ourselves and let's take care of our ministries as we take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for watching our broadcast this morning. I want to personally invite you to join us for Sunday morning services here on our campus at 300 West Irwin Street in downtown Tyler. Please visit our website to learn more about our church or text NEW to 90382 to receive a personal response from our church. we love to have the opportunity to help you grow in your faith. If you'd like to make a financial contribution to the church, please use the QR code on the screen for online giving or send a gift to the church at 300 West Irwin Street, Tyler, Texas. Jesus. Oh!